Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Friday, November 20th. S&P futures are trading off just about six points. That's about 20 basis points. They had been weaker overnight. They've since rebounded, so they're you know flat to down to just, just a couple of points. NASDAQ futures are essentially unchanged. The major European indices are rallying about 50 basis points. There is some mild outperformance in cyclical groups, so industrials, basic resources are trading well in Europe. Asia was a little bit more mixed, uh, but generally uh, did relatively well overnight. Um, so there's a few moving pieces this morning, you know, none of which I think are terribly incremental for the broader tape. So just starting with what's getting the most attention there, the Treasury came out last night and decided to um, allow some of the uh, emergency era credit facilities that were formed back during the heart of the COVID crisis in March and April that were formed um, with, in a joint venture with the Fed will allow them to expire. Um, some of them are going to be extended for another 90 days, but essentially the, the Treasury is kind of ending this joint venture that it had formed with the Fed in the heart of the crisis. Those credit facilities were enormously important, more from a psychological point of view. They were never actually utilized um, to a large degree. There was a ton of um, unutilized capacity left on those facilities, but the effect on the markets just in mere, their mere presence was enormous. Obviously, you've seen um, a huge improvement in financial markets, credit markets, and then that translated into stock gains. Um, you know, beginning uh, essentially in April and then lasted obviously throughout up until today. Um, so there's some anxiety that those facilities are now being taken away and the effect that could have on markets. Um, you know, I think the precedent set by those facilities is crucial. That precedent obviously is not going to go away. So I think the market now appreciates that in the future, to the extent there is market stress, um, that these facilities, this kind of joint venture between the Fed and the Treasury, that will expand the Fed's powers beyond what is kind of codified formally in um, the charter from Congress, um, that that always will be a possibility. And and you've had some media reports out overnight that uh, say, in essence, you know, a, a secretary in the future, whether it's Mnuchin or, or someone else, um, can, can easily kind of reenact those facilities um, and recreate those powers to the extent they're needed. So, you know, I appreciate why there is some anxiety uh, removing that safety net from the market. But like I said, they were not being utilized um, and the precedent set by them is still very much uh, intact. So, you know, I, I, I'm not terribly concerned um, with that. And if anything, I think that their removal, because the Fed did come out and, and suggest that it disagreed with the Treasury's decision. So I think that their removal could make the Fed more inclined to act at their upcoming December 16th meeting. So expectations for them to act had been kind of creeping higher for the last several days. You've had a bunch of Fed officials come out um, all this week and, and express concern about the state of growth, given what you're seeing on COVID. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about a quote unquote double dip recession with Q1 GDP possibly going back into negative territory. So I think removing those facilities and given what you've just been seeing in the general macro environment, the odds of Fed action at the December 16th meeting are going to move higher. So if anything, you may want to read into the, the removal of those credit facilities as, as possibly kind of tipping the balance to Fed action on the 16th, which obviously would be a positive. December in particular will be, um, you know, it's going to be a tailwind for markets as far as monetary policy is concerned. Remember, the ECB on December 10th has been very explicit that they will be acting um, and in, and unveiling incremental monetary accommodation. And then the Fed um, on the 16th, it looks like they could act as well. So, you know, tying all that together, like I said, I think the removal of those facilities is not really all that crucial. And you are coming up on a December of, um, of monetary tailwinds. On the fiscal front, so Thursday afternoon, you had Schumer come out and say that McConnell had agreed to kind of resume negotiations. It was not entirely clear if the negotiations are explicitly about stimulus or about the broader budget. 
I tend to think that these negotiations are really focused on the latter topic. So remember, there's a big budget deadline on December 11th. Congress either needs to pass another temporary budget, a uh, continuing resolution, or kind of agree on a on a massive omnibus bill um, that would that would provide you know a, a year of uh, of funding for the government. Um, you could, in theory, tuck into that various different stimulus initiatives. And I'm sure stimulus will come up during the negotiations. However, I think the gap between Pelosi and McConnell is still extraordinarily large. And you do have these Georgia runoffs coming up on the 5th. And I think, you know, McConnell in particular does not want to do anything controversial and controversial from the perspective of Republicans as he tries to maintain the majority would be a huge bill of a trillion dollars or more getting passed during a lame duck session um, right before those elections. So I think McConnell, again, is looking at those runoffs in Georgia. He is he is striving to retain the Republican majority, and he views any large stimulus measure as being detrimental to that effort. So I don't think, um, and I think the market really doesn't anticipate a massive stimulus bill during the lame duck. Um, I also don't think, though, you will see a shutdown after the 11th. I don't think either side of the aisle wants to have a big budget battle in the month of December. Um, and so I think you're probably going to see just another continuing resolution, which is a you know a short-term budget that will kind of um, kick that deadline out into the Biden era um, after he is inaugurated on the 20th. Um, regarding the Biden inauguration, there's there's been a lot of talk in the market um, in the last probably 48 hours or so about how Trump is not leaving and how you're going to have this huge market risk over the coming weeks as as um, you know Trump attempts to intervene in the election outcome and and state legislatures don't necessarily appoint the appropriate people to electoral college, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I really don't think there's any credence to those concerns. Um, you know, you can dive down some very, very deep rabbit holes and look at all the various different um, scenarios that could unfold that would allow Trump to stay in the White House. Um, you know, Trump can lock himself in the White House bathroom and 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 Rudy Giuliani can hold press conferences in front of every landscaping business in the country. But I don't think it changes the fact that there is a process that's unfolding as it was intended to. It's a largely decentralized process. Um, there is not necessarily a lot of authority that the White House has over it other than, um, you know, creating uh, misperceptions in the media. Um, you know, so I, I don't think there's any doubt or question that you're going to see the Electoral College on the 14th, um, you know, elect Biden. Biden will be inaugurated on the 20th. Um, you know, I think the uh, again, the mechanics of power and, and the uh, infrastructure of power will transfer over to the new administration as planned. Um, so, again, I don't think there's really a lot of cause for concern other than the fact that, you know, it would be nice to have a transition process begin now. And Trump still has, you know, he still is president. He'll be president for two more months. And he is making, um, you know, a lot of uh, executive orders and policy and staffing changes. So he is due to announce today certain measures that are aimed at containing drug prices. These are these are measures that he has talked about in the past, um, but he's going to be kind of formally unveiling them today. They will probably be subject to litigation. It's unclear if they'll actually ever go into effect, but just be aware that those will be uh, announced later today. Um, in terms of COVID, it's it's all it's very much the same as before. So the near-term headlines are still very bleak. You have cases that are surging. You have hospitalizations that are spiking. Hospitalizations are above the March and April peak. Um, you know you have reports of various hospital systems across the country that are being um, or that are close to being overwhelmed with patient populations. Um, and you are seeing more states unveil mitigation steps. So California and Ohio overnight um, unveiled curfews. You know, so far, none of the mitigation steps really even come close to what was enacted back in March and April. 
Um, you know, they really are targeted at the higher risk activities, right? You know, indoor dining, bars, gyms, et cetera. Um, but nevertheless, you know, there will be an effect on growth. So there's been a lot of anxiety that you're going to have to see estimates get marked down. You had a lot of airlines in the last day talk down bookings trends in the near term that they've seen a reversal and they seen some softening in bookings. Um, and then you have had a lot of kind of, um, you know, macro warnings about a possible double dip recession as growth forecasts get marked down um, in December and then into Q1. That's all certainly possible. And you are going to see continued um know, continuation of kind of negative headlines in the near term. And then again, but you have these vaccines that are on the horizon. um, And I think that will offset largely the near term concern. So the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are kind of moving rapidly through the um, approval process. You could see Pfizer and or Moderna submit formally for an FDA emergency use authorization, um, perhaps as soon as today. That authorization is due to arrive by the middle of December. And then you could see these things get shipped out and um, and distributed to kind of your higher risk patients um, before the end of this year, and then um, and then continue obviously into 2021, and then you have other candidates still to come. So the AstraZeneca data could be out um, in December. The Johnson Johnson data is out by the end of December, early January, and then others that are that are earlier in the development stage are also kind of on the horizon too. So, you know, I think the market still is looking towards the end of this pandemic around the spring or summer. Um, and so it will look through some of the near-term headlines, but those near-term headlines will stay very, uh, you know, very negative. Um, there were a bunch of earnings out overnight. I have all the specifics in the piece this morning. Um, Workday, Williams Sonoma, Ross Stores are some of the bigger ones. For the calendar today, um, you have a few meetings. So Biden will be meeting with Pelosi and Schumer. This will be the first in-person meeting um, among the three of them since the election. Trump will be hosting um, some senior Republicans from Michigan State Legislature at the White House. So this gets back to this whole, you know, um, the, the fear about how you can have Republican-controlled state legislatures appoint individuals that um, to the re, to the Electoral College that would, um, you know, possibly vote for Trump. Again, I, I don't really think this is a, a very big concern. Trump will be making that drug price announcement, and then you have a few kind of smaller retail earnings this morning. Um, Foot Locker is probably the biggest one. So that is everything for today. Um, I do have a the latest November market survey, um, which is included in the PCA, if you could please participate on it. Um, and that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.